All right, everybody. Kind of an interesting day. We told you it was going to be a long 48 hours and everything's going. I hope everybody's enjoying this day. It's finally over. This emotionally exhausting period of a couple of weeks is finally over. So, Lane Kiffin is staying at Ole Miss. The contract is rumored to be six years plus. And the reason it's able to be six years is because it is through the foundation. And it is not through the state. If it's through the state, it could only be four years. If it was a privately held contract, the foundation can do whatever they want to. And for a $9 million contract, they're paying 97% of that salary to begin with. So it is what it is. Now, I do feel sorry for my Auburn people that might be in the stream because this was a reverse pine box that was pulled. If you look at the Ole Miss 1998 situation when Auburn took Tuberville, everything and every emotion that you guys are feeling are the reverse of what we felt then. And everything that I have said, everything that I have done this whole week has been about um, protecting Ole Miss from that type situation. I was worried about that. From the moment he made that pine box joke, my antenna went up. I mean, I do not make an apology for that. Um, Keith Carter says the contract amount is not true. I Okay, I that, the fact of the matter is he's going to sign. Um, it, it doesn't really matter about all of that. Anyway. Decent moment for Ole Miss, and we're going to talk about what this means moving forward. And honestly, we can get to the nuts and bolts because it gets incredibly simple after this. The alternative was really hard. This could be simple. As far as coordinator changes, um, potentially. I, I do not know. Um, we will see exactly who it looks like. Now, let's be honest, though, about the Charlie Weiss thing. The same thing I said on Wednesday, I say now. Um... This, Lane, this offense was Lane Kiffin. This offense was Lane Kiffin. So an offensive coordinator change is not going to change the offense. A defensive coordinator change might. I, I don't know about that. Alan, I have no idea what you're talking about there, bud. Anyway, James McDonald wants to know or says, if I was Lane Kiffin, I would look for new coordinators. Charlie Weiss was a safe hire. Charlie Weiss is there because he has a photographic memory and can help with the offense and especially with Lane Kiffin's shot plays. That's the reason Charlie Weiss got hired. He's, he's not a play caller right now in this offense, I do not believe. No. So, this is a situation um, that Ole Miss fans can be happy about. They can. Because I told you guys for two weeks that Auburn was not a better job than Ole Miss. It was not a better program than Ole Miss. And if this was an apples-to-apples situation, Ole Miss would win. I've said that from the beginning, and I haven't wavered about that. And I had Auburn people come all through the chat. Basically, the whole postgame show against Mississippi State was Auburn fans. It's coming in to say, I told you so. And to laugh at me. So, me saying this, is it validates everything. Because I think Ole Miss is a better job right now than the Auburn job. Auburn might have a little bit higher ceiling, but you have years to get to that ceiling. 
Auburn might have been a better job in 1985. It's not 1985. Auburn might have been a better job in 1998. It's not 1988. So, apples to apples, Kiffin chose this because this is what I think actually happened. If y'all want to know, nobody's going to tell what's going to happen either way. This is what I think happened. Okay? This is what I think happened. Nobody's told me anything. I have no information on this. This is what I think happened. So in February, the boosters over in Auburn tried to have a coup with Alan Green and Brian Harson and show both of them the doors. Okay? So the coup was unsuccessful at the time, but they were able to keep working and eventually oust Alan Green, and they eventually around Halloween got Brian Harson. But this whole time, they were trying to make contact with Lane, Lane Kiffin because this is the reason why they wanted Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was the splash hire and would get all the media attention in the world with Nick Saban over on the other half of the state with like six national titles in 13 years. You had to make a splash and Lane Kiffin would provide the media ammunition to do that. They identified that early. So when they hired Brian Harson, fired Brian Harson on Halloweenish, I don't know the exact date. And I think the boosters and all the back channel stuff, they were on the road. I, now, all of this stuff I don't pay attention to because this happens every single year. Lane, whenever somebody's going to say Lane Kiffin hadn't signed a contract into the bowl game the last couple of years, well, this was a different situation. Okay? So all the back channel stuff happened. And the rumors started to come out in the last week or so that they were planning to offer Lane Kiffin around $12 million a year. That's an absurd amount of money for anybody. So everybody, the whole media, the whole world was pointing that way. It was like having a hairdryer in your face trying to figure out what was going on. This thing was impossible because there was nothing coming out of Ole Miss. Now, this whole time, I've said this sounds a whole lot like Nick Saban to um, Texas. Yes, Thomas. Yeah, he, he's good. It's all good, bud. So, this all felt like Nick Saban to Texas. This whole time. And in this, but in the back of my mind, in this world that is so money centric, that money and dollar amount could not get out of my head. That was all I heard. I heard bullet points that way. Now, as it got closer, you heard all that amount and they actually had an offer. This is what I think happened. I can't prove it and nobody's going to talk about it, but this is what I think happened. I think offer a written offer from Auburn was given. And in that offer, in that offer, it didn't quite jive up with what was been promised ahead of time. Something was a little bit different. Something led to pause, and that couldn't get over that. So if this thing was rumored, as it's true, that they were going to do a Jimbo Fisher-type contract, and they sent the actual over there, and there was actual buyout number or something in there, or some little bit of information was a little bit off, that would lead to pause. And then if that happened, all of a sudden, this job, this offer would become an apples-to-apple apple type situation because the contract 
probably wasn't as good as they were talking about whenever they were trying to get him to preliminarily agree. So in the last 48, 72 hours, something like that happened. And that caused a lot of pause. And then once it became an apples-to-apples situation, then it became programs on equal footing. Auburn was at a severe disadvantage at that point. Just like I've said all along, if it was an apples-to-apples thing, he wasn't going anywhere. The only way that Auburn could um, pull this off is if they offered, like you sell your house and somebody offers you $300,000 over market value. That was the way that Auburn was going to win this. So, like I said, this is not a victory lap over Auburn on this situation, although I'm very happy that it, that it happened after 1998, and I'm kind of happy the way this went down. All of the emotional exhaustion was kind of worth it as a revenge tactic for 1998. If you t- look at the pettiness of me, yes. So, I don't know if I will forget the last two football games of this season. I, I don't know. But I, I think there's a path forward for forgiveness from the fan base. Because, make no mistake, half the fan base got alienated by this whole thing. Period. There's going to be some people that ride or die on the whole way, and they're going to be doing victory laps right now. And that, that's fine. They get, they're on the right to do that. They decided to ride or die, and good on you. There's going to be some people that went the other way. There's going to be some people kind of in the middle. But 50% of the um, fan base, they're sitting in a weird spot. And if you look in the chat, now all of a sudden they're turning about to questions about the offensive defensive coordinators. I think the chat's moving so fast, I missed a question about Trigg. Um, I don't know if it's final. It might be an indefinite thing, but we'll see how he does. So... Yeah, we are at the point now where the honeymoon is over. Kiffin does need to do what he can to repair the fan base, but now with this amount of money, there's going to be results tacked on top of it, which is probably the pressure he wanted anyway. If we're going to be honest, a person like Lane Kiffin, he wants that pressure. After all of this, is is just want him to leave honestly. It, the, the, this this was a hard situation, but the honeymoon is over. Three weeks ago, Lane Kiffin had the most unanimous I've seen the Ole Miss fan base be in support of a coach in my lifetime, and it wasn't particularly close. A lot of that good way goodwill has been flushed out. So now pressure is going to be created. If you take the amount of money, if you take um, what has happened, everything, pressure will be created. Now here's the thing that Ole Miss fans can look forward to. The one thing Lane Kiffin cares about is winning. Becky Willis um, coming in, Georgia Tech winning the game. Stop the count. Stop the count. Anyway, seriously. Um, Go Yellow Jackets. So, I think this all could be a relatively good situation for Lane because the thing he cares most about is winning. He's going to do what he can to win. He's going to do what he can to make himself better. He might have an overarching ambition. Um, It is what it is. But 
we're going to um, start talking in the chat in just a few minutes, but it, this was a, this is a big, big day for Ole Miss. And it's just big. It doesn't necessarily matter anything about Lane Kiffin or anything that I'm going to say in the next nine months because I know I'm going to go into super homer mode and piss everybody off as soon as this is over. That That's fine. But this is big for Ole Miss because, honestly, this is a program step. This is proof. This is affirmation because Auburn had everybody, everybody, just saying that Auburn was so much a better job than Ole Miss. And believe me, those stories were planted. There were certain people, even the last couple of days, I think it was like any free, friendly media they could find to print the story, they did. They were desperately trying to do this. And I told you all the time. I said it over and over. This whole thing's a sign of desperation. This isn't a sign of competitive program. They do not want to be 2007 Tennessee. And that's fine. I wouldn't want to be 2007 Tennessee because 2008 Tennessee is going to get here in a hurry. 2009 Tennessee is going to get here in a hurry. And then you're into the Derek Dooley years and you're spinning your wheels. And the next thing you know, you're basically where Ole Miss was in 1985. I get all of that. But all the stuff that I originally said turned out to be true. I mean, I mean, that's the end, the end game of it. The stuff that I said in the beginning turned out to be true. And there's not really a way that anybody can really dispute that. They can say whatever they want to say, kind of, you know. They can look at this in a way where you know, they, they, they take it however they want to take it to make themselves feel better. And that's fine. I get all of that. But the truth is always in the middle. And after this Lane Kiffin thing, you're going to hear Auburn say they never offered the job. They never did whatever they did. And then Ole Miss side is like nothing ever happened. It's, it's like this three weeks for the Auburn game just didn't happen. It's just going to go away from both sides. But it did, and Ole Miss won. If you take the Lane Kiffin thing out of it, Ole Miss won this. And there's not really a way that anybody can say otherwise. They can try. They can try to change the narrative. But even Auburn people were reporting an official offer on Lane's death desk Wednesday night. I mean... You look through it, and, and A, here's the kicker. I am not convinced that this wasn't a sabotage play by John Sokoloff. I, I, I don't know if John Sokoloff didn't do this on purpose. That, that is my conspiracy theory. He did this to blow up the deal. And the scrutiny that this deal came under after that report and everything that went down after that, that, I mean, all I'm saying is don't throw Sokoloff under the bus on this one. Lane, 
Lane could definitely be mad at him and everything's going on. But in this case, Sokolov honestly might have blew up this deal. And just the scrutiny that it came under after that. I meant to say after all of this, I just want him to just want him gone. Honestly, they ruined the season for the players and the almost family. He is staying for his family, um, not because he wants to be there. James, you know that's honest. But one thing that I, when it comes to a coach, and I'm a little bit different about this. Okay, um, I've, I do view all coaches as mercenaries at some level. They're going to be a politician and say what they need to say, but at the end of the day, they're mercenaries. So, if you look at things through that prism, it kind of becomes a little bit better. Um, but if you try to collect them and be friends with them and think they're one of you, that's going to leave for a problem. Um, Eddie, um, he says, for God's sake, let's get a better punter. Um, um, Frazier Mason was a freshman. He'll get better. So, we'll see. This team was always built for 2023, by the way. And Jackson Dart, I said, played a hell of a game on that Egg Bowl. With all the elements and everything's going on, 30 for 38, it was a true game for Jackson Dart. And if they open up the offense and that donut-sized middle-of-the-field hole that we saw this year goes away for next year, they have a chance to be special, they have a chance to compete, and they have a chance to battle for the West. They have that level of talent and the transfer portal is going to help them in the offseason. Their recruiting class is going to help them. This all gets easy now. That's the best part about all this. Kiffin staying was always the best thing for the program because it helps everything. The recruiting stays the same. Like nine or ten of the 13 commitments are four stars or better. Um the transfer portal is going to be absolutely lit. And I think it's going to be like a grocery store trip for the Texas A&M players in the offseason. Let's see. Gary Rusco says, do you think it will have a lot of problems with the Auburn Tigers going into the future if they hire um, Hugh Freeze? Uh, I'm not going to say anything about that yet because I want the ink dry before I say anything about that. Um, I, I definitely, if he goes there, I do want him to be locked in. But I do have opinions about that hire. Auburn will curse the day they hired John Cohen. It's also the best thing that's happened to MSU. Yes, MSU's NI Collective has grown out the roof, roof since John Cohen left. Um, well, we don't know, James. James says, how do you know it won't be the same next year? We don't know. But if it's the same next year, it's an 8-4 team. Um, but the last two games of the season was sabotaged. I'm absolutely convinced of that. It, it was sabotaged. You, you were looking at a potential for a 11-win team, a 10-win team um, going into the bowl game. So, yeah, I think Trigg will be back as well. Um, Lane Kiffin, by the way, when it comes to suspensions of players, they, he, he is lenient on bringing them back. He just might pull their scholarship and force them to be a walk-on. He has a history of doing that as well. Yeah, Eddie, um, Eddie's still worried about Quinshawn. I think Quinshawn's going to be fine. Daniel Kelly says, since his new contract is supposed to be for six years to eight years, will it have a big buyout? That I don't know. The funny thing about all these people reporting it is because it's probably got leaked from Lane's people. 
So they're not going to put the buyout out if it's a large buyout because they do still want him to be at some level that he can they, they can play it. If they have a Dan Lanning-style $25 million buyout in there, it's going to be hard for Lane to move, which means it's going to be hard for them to make money as well. So they're probably not going to go into it as well. Anyway, this has been a really weird week. Two weeks, really. Um, like I said, I, I don't know if I'm going to forget about Arkansas and Mississippi State. I do think I will be able to forgive um, in the future, but I do think some effort is going to be required for that to happen. If effort happens, hey, there was a quote that was released on Twitter today from Lane saying, hey, I told them on Wednesday night I was staying. I told them not to say anything until after the Egg Bowl because I wanted the game to be about the play. It was a perfect, perfect quote. So if he does that and continues on that path for the next nine months, it will be fine by the time next season gets around. Now, also, going down to Yulman Stadium for Tulane, that's going to be a little little bit of thing. Um, Eddie says, what's your prediction for the bowl that we'll be playing in? I'm thinking Gator or ReliaQuest. That's the former Outback Bowl. I think Mississippi State might be going to the Citrus. With that Egg Bowl win, they might end up in the Citrus Bowl against Penn State. There's a chance Ole Miss can end up in that game. With Lane Kiffin coming back and all of the excitement, Ole Miss might get that game. And I would love to see an Ole Miss-Penn State game. That would that would be fun. So, yeah, besides, ReliaQuest or Citrus, you're dealing with 30 minutes down the road either directions for me. So I'm happy with either one of those. Um, Jason Boatner says, Why, how can you get a six-plus-year contract in Mississippi? Simple, the contract is not through the state. It's through the foundation, which 97% of the contract is um, through the foundation anyway. So, yeah, it, it, like I said, only one person could have stopped all this. He did, finally. He did. Now, that one person has to do what he has to do to repair this relationship. If he repairs it, it's going to be fine. But it's not going to be what it was three weeks ago, ever again. Yeah, I, that would be a ton of fun. Um, I, I would love to see that Ole Miss and Penn State. It, it would be really good. But guys, I'm telling you, this has been a good day for Ole Miss. Horrible day for Auburn. Potentially could get worse. Um, but a good day for Ole Miss. Now, now that this is over, now that this is over, we can concentrate on what needs to happen. We we are going to have a live stream for early signing day or several live streams that will be short, kind of like this one. We're going to start doing that periodically, like 15 to 20-minute live streams whenever it um, is relevant. And we're going to do – whenever news breaks, we're going to have our nows. We're going to talk about the basketball game going on. So James York asks, where do we go from here? Well, it gets pretty simple because we're on the same path we were three weeks ago. We have to repair what's been done, but we need to build for the 2023 team. Now, our roster in several places are already built for a solid 2023 season. 
whenever they did this, um, this team was built that way. So we'll see exactly what they do in the future and how it looks. I think um, Ole Miss needs a center. I think they need um, – I would probably find a tackle of some kind. The offensive line was porous at times. Um, I think the defensive line – here's what I think. Okay. If you're going to do the 3-2-6, okay – you also need to find a way to move Austin Keys out to the where the box safety also plays, to where you can play a traditional 3-4, if that makes sense. You need that physics on the outside. You can play 3-2-6 most of the time, but you need to cross-train like Ashanti Seastrunk and Austin Keys to where they can play outside and handle that so that people don't just run off tackle on you and there's like a 30-foot wide hold, hole. Because that's the weakness of this defense. They found that out. So that that's what I would do defensively. That's what I would do defensively. Gray, I don't know if he's going to fire Patridge. And uh, defensively, that that's the thing that Ole Miss needs to fix. That gap to where the outside linebacker would be in a three-four. Do you think Auburn put a big buyout in the offer and that's why Lane didn't go there? I think it's – I think personally – personally, um, I think it's the other way. I think that this – that get him to say yes, they were talking Jimbo Fisher-level contract, and then whenever they opened it up, they left themselves a loophole to where it wasn't a Jimbo Fisher-level contract. That's my opinion. Like I said, no information whatsoever, but that's my opinion. Because that's the thing that would have made this deal less. Need some backs that can really cover the field quickly. Um, also, we just need to attack the line of scrimmage in the portal. Um, the tackles, I agree. I think we need a pass rushing tackle. And next year, um, I like the offense. We have weapons, but the passing game needs to be better. Bill Flowers, I think everybody will admit the postcast that we had earlier in the season, Bill Flowers was correct. I mean, I'm period. Let's see. We need several new coaches on defense, special teams, and a receivers coach. They don't have a clue how to run patterns. You saw in the state game, the backs just couldn't get there in time on some plays. Yeah. And state was running zero coverage against the Lane Kiffin team because they were going to force – this in some way. And there was no way to take real shot plays. So, Kyle, I don't know who is going to enter the portal. I'm sure somebody is. When everybody wants to talk to you about everything being okay, there's somebody that is unhappy, always, and they will go into the portal. You need players to go in the portal. There's going to be players that are going to be, let's say, instructed to go into the portal. So, Tim Thomas, by the way, um, our basketball analyst was in the chat earlier and he said at least the basketball team is winning. And that's absolutely um, the case, Tim. Thank you very much. Um, but there's a way that we can get this done. Now, like I said, the benefit of this is the only thing that motivates Lane Kiffin is winning. So you are not going to have a situation with Lane Kiffin in that he doesn't want to win. 
which means he is going to be an absolute shark in the transfer portal with the coaching staff and on the recruiting trail. He's going to do what he needs to do for facilities. He's going to do what he needs to do for marketing. All of that is plus with Lane Kiffin. This is the reason Auburn was going to pay him $12 million a year. All of the extra stuff. They want it to put jet fuel in their engine because it's gotten stale over the last 10 years. So, we'll see. It's not as bad as people are going to say after the last two games. Uh, don't listen to that. W the last two games was a sabotage thing. Uh, I'm convinced of that. It, it was a sabotage thing. Just let it go. But they have a chance to be decent next year. Jackson Dart will be better. His game against Mississippi State in those conditions, 30 for 38, he did a really good job of hitting some of the underneath stuff. They still didn't use the middle of the field. Some great passes in that game. Some great passes in that game. Running backs, absolutely, they're fine. They're going to be fine. But this team is in a position that can do really well. I do think Ole Miss needs to get a center in the transfer portal. I think that is something they needed to get even since the Kentucky game when the snaps were back on the problem. They weren't at the end of the season. But I do think they need a center. And Jonathan Cruz, I don't care what anybody says, he was the best transfer that Ole Miss signed this offseason. Um, all respect to Jonathan Cruz and thank you for coming to Ole Miss. Really great ambassador, did a really great job. And I'm glad I get to see you kick one more time. Those cruise missiles, absolutely fantastic. Quote, Lane Kiffin made it clear that our conversation, family is a big deal in the current state of life. Mentioned his daughter loves at Knoxville. Yeah, Thomas. All of that, that, that is going to be the narrative one way. The other way is that Auburn didn't even reach out. And the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. But he's doing the stuff that he needs to do to repair it. He's doing fine. I have no issue with that. Uh, let's see. Sometimes you kick field goals and play defense. We would have won two more games, Alabama and State. Yeah. The largest, the largest uh, momentum swing in college football that happens is when you go forward on fourth down and get stopped. And that momentum swing can take a good team and make them a great team. So you have to be careful whenever you do these analytics things because of what it can do. Mississippi State... After they stopped Ole Miss on that fourth down, when Ole Miss could have went up five, were a completely different team. I do not know when a press release is coming or if a press release is coming. Since it's a holiday weekend, probably Monday, um, Zach Evans should stay another year, honestly. Um, I think by the end of the year, he's pretty good. He just got banged up. Um, but... Zach Evans is probably still the most talented player on the team if you look at him, but Quinshawn Judkins is probably the best. So it's a six and one, half dozen the other. I think the Kiffin stuff to Auburn will actually have the reverse effect on recruiting. Um, I think Ole Miss is about to get a big bump. It's going that's that side is going to work out. As public as this has been for two weeks, this is going to work out. Yeah, Jacob, uh, I, I think it was a situation whenever it became an apples-to-apples apples situation, one or the other on even, equal footing, um, family and stuff like that became the deciding factor. 
Dante Dowdle, I will ask John Garcia about that because now that this is over with, I can go back to John Garcia and recruiting since we're, um, I guess, heck, we're flip season at this point. We've got three, about three weeks until signing day. Um, I'll ask him about that. Way, way too early prediction record for next season. Um, I'm going with 10-2 and two right off, not even looking at a thing, and that's even knowing Ole Miss has to go to Alabama, to Auburn, and to Georgia. Uh, Thomas, I think we're in good shape going forward with the crew. Yes, absolutely. The infrastructure is in place. The recruiters are in place. Everything is in place. Like I said from the very beginning of this, the easiest outcome for Ole Miss as a program was Lane Kiffin staying. It was going to be difficult if he didn't. The problem is it just over and over, it was like a hairdryer in your face with information coming one direction on that one. It just, it just was. And if honestly, it, I've told you guys several times, and I've tweeted it out, that the college um, football fan hates a confident Ole Miss. And the media hates a confident Ole Miss. And if you look at it, everything being one way, and Cole Kublik talking about Lane to Auburn and who he was going to take with him, all of these people, they were genuinely wanting Ole Miss to go a certain direction. I mean, there's not really a way that you can um, say that. Uh, it, the media perspective, especially national, like Cole Kubelik, Jordan Rogers, um, even on game day and things like that, it was all one way. I don't think anybody can watch this and think that it was um, balanced at all. It was all one way. And because of that, you have a situation where, I mean, like I said, it's like a hairdryer in your face. Uh, Glenn um, Cruz was a senior, but we get Caden Costa back next year. He actually can kick in the bowl game if he needed to, if for some reason Jonathan Cruz decided to opt out. Um, but I think Jonathan Cruz is going to kick in the game and do what he needs to do. But Caden um, Costa will be the kicker next year. So, you know, we're going to stop it here in just a minute, and I'm going to enjoy my rivalry week Saturday of college football. Um, like I said, I do thank everybody for coming into the show, coming into the, pro um, listening to the podcast. Tune in Monday. Monday, we're going to do a show, basically, what does Ole Miss need to do next? Not what does Lane Kiffin need to do next? We're going to put this, the, I'm going to turn the page on this pretty quickly. This will probably be one of the last times I talk about it. But what does Ole Miss need to do next? And we'll talk about bowl opportunities and things like that. Like I said, it becomes remarkably remarkably easy for Ole Miss moving forward. So, like I said, I'm not. I, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to turn the page on this pretty quickly uh, because I am emotionally exhausted by all of this, and I, I've just wanted it over for a week and a half at this point. Now we can talk about bowl games. Now we can talk about recruiting. And now, honestly, this basketball team can start to be – you can pay attention to it because they're playing in a championship game tomorrow against Oklahoma. And in case everybody doesn't know, Ole Miss does pretty well in championship games against Oklahoma. So it should be a lot of fun. Like I said, Tim Thomas was in the chat today um, and did what he needed to do. I will be back Monday.
Um, but I just wanted to pop in and do this live stream real quick because honestly, this is over and it deserves a live, live stream because it's over. So anyway, hope everybody has a good time. Um, enjoy the games today. Go doors against Tennessee. And I will see you Monday. Take care, guys.